When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chapter 8. So, I told my friends, I live here now. And they were completely in shock. They were like, okay, what the heck? You have to catch us up on everything that had happened. Why are you here? Why did you move here? I hadn't quite fully accepted my new reality. It was still very fresh. And seeing as how I was used to visiting Florida, I felt as though I was just on a vacation or something. Also, this week happened to be Suicide Awareness Week and my sister was in town and so her and I ended up doing an hour-long live video on my Instagram about my parents and my mom's situation. My grandma got involved and we just did this one big long video. It's still up on my Instagram if you guys want to go check it out, but that was a pretty cool experience. We said a lot of things that we both had felt. She really told the entire story of her experience with that night and that day that my mom died. And yeah, I think that was just a really healing time for us as well. As I stated and described more in detail in the It Doesn't End Here podcast, I moved away, but I was still one foot in, one foot out in this relationship with my ex emotionally. It was a tricky situation because when I left, he slash the company technically owed me about $30,000. Now, This is and isn't a lot of money, but for me at the time, that could have been life-changing money. I moved with only two suitcases and my dog, and I shipped about three or four boxes of clothes. So I didn't have much. This could have allowed me to get my own place. This could have allowed me to get a car. This could have allowed me to invest in my business. This could have been, like I said, life-changing money. And it felt like it was just a carrot dangling in front of my face that I could not grasp. This was such a huge stress on me. The waiting, the not knowing, the wondering, the anticipation, and supposedly getting this money after investors had paid overdue funds that was supposed to be dispersed to all of the people at the company. We hadn't been paid in months, but we're still working, so we were all owed back pay. I still had to play nice to my ex, who I really just wanted to completely cut off, but I felt as though I couldn't and I still had to walk on eggshells with him. Even though I was completely on the other side of the country, I was still walking on eggshells around him. That was the kind of fear and trauma that I had in this relationship. I quickly became friends with my friends and their entire family who all live in Sarasota. We had three times a week outdoor hit workouts, and then we would hang out on the weekends. They instantly became like a family dynamic that I hadn't had in so long, and it felt really nice to just have a sense of normalcy and just have fun and a place to go to and people to be around. I mean, if I would have moved to a place with solely my grandma and not had known anyone else, it might have been very lonely. I mean, I really don't know how I would have 
survived or got out and meet people and kind of had that distraction and kind of had that camaraderie and just have fun. I lived in my grandma's spare bedroom and drove her extra car, which was a white slug bug with the sticker Salt Life on the back. I actually always loved that car. It was always her extra fun beach car that she just left sitting in the garage. So it was barely used, barely driven. It was looked brand new. I am forever grateful that that was the situation that I had to go to. I will never forget the grace and patience that my granny shared and had with me during those really hard months. I felt really lost, like I didn't have an identity, and I felt like I was a fraud. Coming from California, where it looked as though we were living this really extravagant life when really we were struggling, to now I'm living with my grandma in her spare bedroom, driving her car, and essentially starting over at the age of 30 years old. I really was not looking for a relationship at all. But enter Tyler. Tyler was Taylor's brother and was at all of the family gatherings and hangouts. He was single and I was single. And we had a lot in common, including working out and spending time at the beach. There was definitely some sexual tension building there. And then one night in December, he asked if I wanted to go hang out after the group workout on Friday night. So we ended up going to like an arcade type of place. We shared a pizza. We played pool. We talked. We got to know each other more. We played games. It was really fun. And he says he will always remember me walking around with the pizza box with our leftover pizza. You guys, I do not waste pizza. When this relationship started to turn into more than a friendship and I still had not gotten my money I was owed, it really helped me start slowly cutting the cord of my ex. It actually really disgusted me when I had to talk to him and I was really losing hope in this money situation altogether. I definitely couldn't tell him about Tyler because I felt like he would just be like, nope, I'm not giving you your money. So I kind of had to hide that situation. I did end up telling Tyler a little bit about the situation that I still had to talk to my ex because of this business deal that we had going. And he was like, sure, that's fine, whatever. Tyler was fun, laid back, super sweet, so loving to his family, caring and funny. Everything my ex was not. Our relationship started to blossom and we just had the best time doing the simplest things. We would meet on the beach for sunset almost every night. We took little weekend trips. We found fun things to attend and overall, I was just feeling really happy. He didn't expect anything of me. He didn't try to make me anything I wasn't. He didn't care what I looked like. He accepted me as the girl with the old slug bug living with her grandma. He was just so easy, which really felt like a breath of fresh air to me. I finally completely cut ties after months of manipulation and lies from my ex. Although $30,000 could have been life-changing and I was hanging on to that as much as possible, it was just not going to happen and I knew I needed to get over it. Holding on to this was doing way more emotional damage and just holding me back from growing and progressing in my new life that I was trying to start in Florida. I started to promote my personal training services and found a couple of clients to train by the water while still doing my online personal training as well. I wasn't paying rent and didn't have any bills besides food, gas, and a phone bill, and even sometimes that was a struggle. It was very difficult to feel like I gave up so much of myself, so much of my youth to someone when I could have been building my own brand, 
in life, but I didn't. I wasn't strong enough at that time. I needed someone to take care of me because I didn't have the mental capacity to do so myself. I'm still learning to give myself grace for this period of my life. Going through so much trauma in my 20s and then getting trauma bonded in a relationship with essentially a narcissist who was so much older and just wanted to control me, mold me into someone that he wanted me to be, I just completely and totally lost myself. Florida life was chill and easy, but I still wasn't seeing a future for myself. Like, what am I doing? How am I ever going to make enough money to be on my own? There was a lot of figuring myself out. I didn't realize the trauma I had just gone through. It took me a while to finally come to terms with it. And after cutting the cord with my ex, I finally felt that weight, that shedding a little bit, but there was still a lot of work that had to be done. In the spring of 2021, I'm feeling better about myself, making a little bit more money. Tyler and I's relationship is really going well. We were having so much fun. Like there was nothing really I had to worry about other than what the heck am I doing with my life? This is when the universe shows up in a big way again. To give you a little bit of context, Tyler, Taylor and Tyler's whole family lives in Sarasota, including their aunt and uncle. Well, their aunt and uncle used to live in Colorado, and she started a Montessori about 20 years ago, just right outside Denver, Colorado. There were multiple occasions that she just threw it out there, and she said, I'm going to go back to Colorado. I have about two years left on my lease on this Montessori, and I need to figure out if I'm going to sell it or try to build it and keep it going. She's like, I'm going back there for two years to run it myself because she had someone else running it at the time. And she would just casually throw it out there and be like, you guys should come to Colorado. And she said this for weeks and probably months. And every time I heard it, I just had this little inkling of like, I really want to do that. I really want to go to Colorado. And at the time, she just wanted us to come run the summer camp with her. So she had a summer camp from June through July, and it was only 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And she was like, you guys could come out there, work at the school, and then you would have the rest of the day and the weekends to explore Colorado and do whatever you want. (laughs) At first, I was like, she's not being serious. But then I approached her and I was like, I mean, if you're serious, I I will have a conversation about this and let's figure something out. She proposed, you guys could stay with me. Kayla, you will work the entire summer. I don't necessarily need two other people, but Tyler can work the first two weeks and then maybe he can find something else to do. And I'll pay you both. Pay Kayla you for the entire summer. Tyler, I'll pay you for the two weeks. I will pay for the groceries on the business and we will go out to Colorado for the summer and have fun and come back. I really could not stop thinking about this. Before I knew that she was going to offer us to stay with her, I was going on this website and I can't remember what it was, but it's essentially where you can stay at someone's place. And it's not Airbnb. You stay with someone, but you exchange like a service of some sort. So the ones I found were like, oh, you can stay at my place, but I have pets. So you'd be the pet sitter. Or you can stay at my place, but I need you to work and help me with this or paint or water my plants or something like that. So I was looking at this website. And so that just really started to put a lot of things in my mind. And so my reticular brain activity just starts going and going. And when, you know, reticular brain activity is like when you buy a yellow car and then you start seeing yellow cars everywhere. So that's what was happening is I was constantly thinking about Colorado. And so all these little things started to come up about Colorado and it just became more of a serious topic. And I even told Granny, I was like, well, I might 
go to Denver for the for the summer. And she was like, you totally should. And then Tyler was a little hesitant just because I think he really didn't like the change and he didn't really know what he was going to do. And, you know, it was a little scary for him. I'm more so like so spontaneous and so down for any adventure at any time. And I was like, listen, we'll be taken care of. We have a place to stay. She's paying for the groceries and I'll make a little bit of money. And I have my online business too. Another factor we had to keep in mind was I have a white slug bug. I have a white slug bug that I need a car in Colorado. How am I supposed to get this slug bug from Florida to Colorado with two people, a dog, and our stuff? And I don't know why at the time, but you know, Tyler has a car. He has a Prius. I don't know why we weren't considering taking his car or whatever. I just knew that the car situation was starting to become an issue. I was like, okay, do I ship it for like $500 or do I risk it and drive this little tiny thing halfway across the country when I really didn't feel comfortable doing that? A couple weeks before I was supposed to leave, Granny has always wanted a Lexus. She has always wanted a Lexus. She's always had SUVs. Usually she has Buicks. And one day she calls me up and says, I'm driving to Tampa to go to the Lexus dealership. Will you come with me and help me pick out a car or make sure you like it, make sure I like it? And I was like, sure. So I drive with her to Tampa to go to the Lexus dealership. And we start the conversation in the process of her getting a car for about an hour. And I'm sitting there and in my mind, I'm like, God, I wish I could get a new car. I really wish I could get a new car. The topic gets brought up and they were like, she just, and Granny knew that I needed a new car. She knew I deserved a better car. And she was like, do you want to look at any cars? And I was like, no, I, I just completely shut it out. I was like, no, I can't buy a car right now. But then I started to be like, well, okay, like, let me just hear the process. So when they first started giving me options for cars, I was obviously like, well, I can't get a brand new car because I need a used car. And so they were showing me like six-year-old cars that were still in the $30,000, range. My monthly payment would have been four or $500. And I was just like, for a used car? I was like, no. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I can't do this. Like, just stop talking about it right now. Well, then the topic of leasing a car got brought up. And Granny has never thought of the option of leasing a car. So for a couple hours, the conversation switched from purchasing a car for her to maybe her leasing a car. And when those two options were in front of her, she looked at the lease, which was half the price and just, I don't know, better incentives. She was like, why wouldn't everyone lease a car? (laughs) So then she was like, well, maybe we can lease you a car. So then we went back out to the lot drove around and I was looking at all these beautiful new cars, brand new cars, zero miles on them. And I saw this one and it's atomic silver, the meanest, baddest black grill on the front. And I said, okay, what about that one? And then we get off the golf cart and I open the door and they are red interior seats. And I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I need to leave with this car today. And granny was like, Kayla, you better leave with that car today. So we go back in the office. We discuss all the leasing options. I know I need a new car to get to Colorado. I mean, there's just no way this little bug is going to survive. After eight, nine hours of the Lexus dealership, Granny and I both leave with brand new Lexus SUVs. We ended up leasing them. (laughs) I was just so, 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 so happy. That was my first brand new car ever. And although I'm leasing it, I really don't care. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it's it was mine and I drove it off the lot with like two miles on it. It's dark out by now. We'd been there for nine hours and I'm just smiling ear to ear all the way home. I'm like, I am in a brand new car. This is mine. Like I did this. And at the time I was like, okay, I have to raise my energetic minimum of money now because now I have an extra and it ended up being around $400 a month car payment to make and car insurance, which I hadn't had 24 hours ago. So I knew I could do it. I was like, you know what? Now that it's been placed in my life, God said, I'm giving you this and I will provide the means for you to be able to pay for this. So the beginning of June, I have a brand new car. We get to load it up with everything that we need and we take off for Colorado. What was really cool, again, thank you universe, on the way to Colorado, I was already in talks of a potential collaboration with this wedding company in Sarasota and they have a wedding fitness app and they wanted me to come on and you know collaborate with them and provide them content. Well, I had this conversation with this lady as I'm in my new car driving to Colorado and lo and behold, she is like, okay, we can pay you this much money a month for just you know providing this content, a couple of pieces of content every month. The exact price that she was going to pay me was the exact price of my car. Two weeks later, God provided a way and said, look, I told you I would take care of you. Here is your $450 a month that you're going to get from this lady for your car payment. So I just thought that was really cool. So we get to Colorado on a Sunday and we had to start the school the next day. And we didn't have a place yet because his aunt had to get a, a new place, a new lease here, and we, and we couldn't move in until the next day. So we had to spend a night or two in a hotel, which was totally fine. So we spent a night or two in the hotel. We had to wake up Monday morning and go to the school. Now, I had never worked with kids before. I have a niece and a nephew who I barely even get to spend time with because I've never lived in the same city as them as long as they've been alive. And I show up and I have to immediately start working with like 25 kids. It was really fun. It was just me and Tyler and Carolyn, his aunt. We made the best of it. It was fun. We just did so many summer fun activities outside and you know, lots of water play, lots of toys. Nine to two wasn't bad, but I will tell you every day when I got off, I really needed to go lay down. <laughs> I was not used to that much activity or that much attention or running around. So many fun times in Colorado. The first weekend we went to a Red Rocks concert. We did a lot of weekend getaways, Estes Park. We did Garden of the Gods. We just did a lot of fun things. And so it was a really fun summer. Well, towards the end of the summer, I'm just thinking to myself, what do I have to go back to? Another universe thing. Before I left, I had this girl start following me on Instagram. And she would constantly comment on my stories, message me, cheer me on. And she just seemed very sweet. And for some weird reason, I thought I knew her. I was like, maybe I know her from Oklahoma. Maybe she lives in Oklahoma and I just don't follow her back. And maybe we just know each other and I really don't know. But she dropped a couple of times on me the potential of doing Arbonne. She knew what I did. She knew I did online coaching, health coaching, all the things. 
And she just mentioned, hey, like you should take a peek at what I do. And I always said no. I was like, no, not not right now. I'm good. I'm yeah. And I just always, you know, dismissed it very nicely and went on. And she just didn't care. She was like, okay. And she just continued to be super nice to me, comment, cheer me on. Before we left, I posted on my social media summer plans. I said, hey guys, guess what? I am going to Denver for the summer. I'm gonna be in the mountains. It's gonna be so fun and all the things. And I made this long caption about it. Lo and behold, she commented, said, I live in Denver. And I was like, oh, okay, fun. Now I have at least one person I know that I could potentially hang out with. So the first two weeks, two or three weeks I was in Colorado, we did end up meeting up. We did an amazing yoga on the rocks at Red Rocks one Saturday morning, early Saturday morning. She brought two friends. I brought a friend and it was so fun. It was so magical. And then we went out for pastries afterward and she was just super nice, super fun. And I was like, cool. I have like a couple of new friends here. Tyler's two weeks came to an end. And so he he wasn't doing it anything. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a way of income and he likes to make money. So he was there for about another two weeks. And I was like, maybe I try to find a like little side job here while we're still here. And he just didn't have any luck. So he decided to go back to Florida. So I have new friends. I have this little part-time gig that I'm doing. I'm doing my online business. I have a gym I'm going to. I'm working out outside. I was just in a really, really good routine. And I felt even more happy than I even was in Florida. Another thing that was happening was my best friend, Rachel. <laughs> You've heard several times. She lives in London and she was planning a trip to the States around the beginning of August. She was like, well, we're going to do Austin for about five days because her parents were going to meet them there from Oklahoma and she wanted to go explore Austin because they potentially might live there. And then she was like, but then we're going to go to Southern California. And this is at the beginning of August. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be in Colorado until definitely the end of July. And then you'll be getting to California around August 6th. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I should just stay in Colorado. Colorado and drive down there to meet you guys. So what happened was the summer camp was all of June, all of July. I was planning on working the full eight weeks. Tyler was only going to work for two weeks. So his two weeks had ended and he was kind of just not really doing anything. And I said, okay, but we are going to plan this trip to San Diego (laughs) right when the school is done. I'm actually just going to like stay. I'm going to stay, finish out the camp. And then, you know, there's only like a five day lag period. And then I'm going to head to California. So I was like, can you maybe like try to find a job here while we're still here in the summer and then we can just go to California and then we can go back to Florida together. That was kind of the plan at the time. Like this was like mid-June and he tried a couple things and nothing really played out for him. So he just decided to go back to Florida. So I stayed here with his aunt and we honestly had such a good time. We got up in the morning and worked out. We were, I don't know, we were just having a good time just by ourselves. So that was really nice. So he went back to Florida and went back to his job for a little bit. And then he's like, okay, but you have to come back at the end of July because we're going to go to this amazing trip with my friends. He went back and worked for about three to four weeks, saved up a lot of money. And then he flew back out. And the very next day, we did a amazing road trip, the best trip I've ever been on. I planned this whole thing and I am not a planner. I planned the whole thing. It was still very half-assed planning, but we made it. We survived. We had a place to stay every night. We camped at a different camping spot every night for five days. We did a full trip through Utah. So we left Colorado. We stopped in Moab for a night, did the whole Moab, the Arches National Park. Amazing, beautiful. We ended up driving through to Bryce Canyon. We spent a night in Bryce Canyon. Again, amazing, 
Utah is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. We get up the next day and we drive to Zion. We stay a night in Zion at the most amazing place under canvas, Zion National Park. Highly recommend if you're not going to go in the summer. So we stayed there one night, got up and drove. We drove to Yosemite and we stayed one night in Yosemite. The drive from Zion to Yosemite, absolutely breathtaking. I couldn't, I think my mouth was open the whole time driving through this. I highly recommend doing road trips if you have the opportunity, as opposed to just flying into a city and getting in the car and going to your hotel, because there is so much beauty out in this country. It is, it was so incredible. So we stayed a night in Yosemite. We woke up, we got to drive through San Francisco. We saw the Golden Gate Bridge. And then we just started heading down the PCH, which again, breathtaking. I think we stopped. 10 times because I was like, okay, this is a good spot. This is really, really pretty. And then like, okay, I'm good. And then we get back in the car for like 20 minutes. Like, okay, wait, we have to stop here too. Like it was just every turn around that corner, around those mountains on looking over the ocean was so beautiful. And then our very last night where we stayed was Big Sur right on the water. It was just so fun. So I planned every single camping spot that we had and I would not take that back for anything. We lived out of the car. The car was packed to the brim. Berkeley had his dog bed, but we were crammed in there like sardines, but we had it all. We were good. Like we had it all figured out. We had a system. Every time we get out of the car, the stuff that we needed was there right on top because our, all of our camping stuff in our bags, unload it, pitch the tent, go to bed, wake up, put it back, get in the car and go. And that was pretty much our day for like five or six days. Then we get to LA and I just so happened to have a friend in LA that was going to be out of town. She was so nice and let us stay at her house for I think two or three nights. What was funny about this road trip was that I had the opportunity to do a photo shoot in LA. But LA was about mm, seven, eight days out from starting our road trip. So I was like, okay, but I really want to do this photo shoot. It's with a really good company and a really good photographer who you might have heard me mention in the beginning, Robert Reef. I was still shooting with him. I had shot with him multiple times since that very first time. And we had just made a really good relationship. So I really wanted to shoot with him and I wanted to obviously look good. So I pretty much prep, photo shoot prep on a road trip. No microwave, no way of cooking, no anything. I lived on cold protein bars, pre-made salads, fruit, eggs, nuts. I was eating pretty healthy. I, I didn't have any carbs. I didn't have anything bad. I actually ended up losing weight on this eight-day road trip and I actually ended up looking pretty good. So I was very proud of myself. So I did the photo shoot on a Friday and we have one more night. And then the next morning we got to drove to San Diego and spend the most amazing six days with two other couple friends of mine, Rachel and her husband and Stacy and her husband. Wow. We just had the best time in San Diego. So that was definitely hands down a trip for the books, driving all the way through Utah, all the way through Northern California, all the way down the PCH to San Diego. Oh, it was just, it was the best trip of my life. What I forgot to mention was before this trip, there was discussion of me staying in Colorado and actually continuing to help my aunt at the Montessori. I said, you know, this is only five hours a day. I could still do my online business on the side. I had a new car and I was like, this could kind of be like my freedom, my sense of freedom. I don't have to go back to Florida. I really don't have anything there other than granny. I didn't really have a business there. I didn't really have anything going other than some friends and granny. And, you know, I did have a little bit of a life there, but 
but I was like, I'm loving Colorado. I love the mountains. I love nature. There's so much to do here. There's so much more than just going to the same beach every weekend. Within an hour, you can be in so many different amazing places. And I was like, kind of want to stay. And so we did. We went on that trip and then we didn't go back to Florida. We stayed in Colorado and we started making plans to getting our own place. We got back from our trip. It was a 16-day trip. So we got back the end of August. And so then we're like, okay, well, we really have to figure out where we're going to live. So we started that process. We had to continue to stay with his aunt. The funny thing about this situation was she has a place in Florida. And so she didn't need a big place here in Colorado. So she just got a one bed, one bath apartment. So if you can imagine for two weeks when we got here, it was three people in a one bed, one bath. We were staying in the living room, all of our stuff, our mattress on the floor in the living room of her place. And we shared the bathroom. Well, then Tyler to Florida. And so it was just her and I. So it wasn't as bad. Two girls in the same apartment, not so bad. But then when he came back, it kind of went back to that same situation. Another situation going on at the same time was her husband hadn't yet come to Colorado yet from Florida, but he was planning on coming very soon, like that week. So for about a week, we had four people in a one bed, one bath apartment sharing this space. Now, I love them. They are amazing, (laughs) but we all needed our own space. We all were crammed. We could all feel it. So, you know, there was just that little lag time of finding an apartment and then there's a certain day you can move in. And so the lag time was about a week where we were all sharing that space. It ended up working out. I got a lease on an apartment right down the street from the school, like a minute away. I have friends here now. I kind of feel like I'm building my life here now. And it just felt really good to kind of do something on my own. So I'm doing the Montessori nine to two every single day while trying to do my online business. I'm trying to get personal training clients. I find a gym to work at. It just all seemed to be going really smoothly. During this time, I'm still doing the work on myself. I'm never not doing the inner work on myself. I'm really not. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly journaling, constantly meditating, constantly figuring myself out. So what I've been writing in my journal, I was starting to get a little bit unfulfilled with the Montessori. And there's nothing wrong with it. I loved it. I loved the kids. The kids loved me, which felt so nice. The parents loved me. I loved my aunt. Like it was all very good. It just wasn't working for me because it was taking up a lot of my day. And then by the time that I was done at 2 p.m., my brain was zapped. There's just no way I could have the energy to focus on my business. What started happening was I slowly started to lose money on my business because I was having so much of my day taken up by the school. Although I committed to doing a full year, both the semesters around... October, I knew I was like, okay, I really don't think I am going to last that long. And so I really started journaling. I started getting to know myself. Like, what do I want? What do I really want? What are my goals? What do I want out of my life? And so I would write, and there's this thing that I like to go by and it's called your authentic code. Your authentic code is essentially four things that you base your life off of and every decision you make. If it does not align with your authentic code, you know, you just kind of have to say no to it. It's like not aligned. So I can't really say yes to that. I can't do that thing. What I started to write down was like, okay, I really want luxury. Luxury for me is like comfort, security, and freedom, not like luxury items or materialistic things, but more so freedom and my time and my choices. And I also wanted self-care. I wanted to help people and I wanted to be seen and heard. Those were my four things in my authentic code that I was trying to live by. And I was like, okay, the school doesn't really give me any of those things. And so I just knew that that had to go. 
Well, I started hanging out with my friend Mackenzie, who I told you about that was following me on Instagram, presenting Arbonne to me. And I ended up going with her to an Arbonne event in September. And I still was very hesitant. I was very like, no, I don't want to do this sort of thing. I know what this entails. I'm very arms crossed to this whole situation, but I was willing to make friends. I was like, oh, I'm going to go and make some friends that could be potential clients. And so that was really my mentality around going to these events. But honestly, what really started to happen was I started to realize this opportunity is everything on my authentic code list. It provides luxury freedom, security, comfort. It's personal growth. It's self-care. It's emotional growth. It's helping people. It's helping people with health and putting the right things in and on their bodies. And then it's also being seen and heard because I was just seeing these women talk, share their stories and get to be an inspiring leader for all these other women, which was one of my goals. And I was like, holy crap, Arbonne is the thing. It's not the package that I thought it would come in, but that's how life works. Arbonne just happened to be the little tiny package that was presented to me that completely aligned with everything that I wanted out of life. So universe, thank you for getting me to Colorado, for getting me in front of Mackenzie, for her becoming one of my friends and her introducing me to this opportunity and this company. October, November, I was still working at the school. I was still trying to juggle the school, Arbonne, now (laughs) online clients, personal training clients, my boyfriend. I was just becoming a lot. And I knew that I had to cut the school off. It was so difficult because I knew that my aunt had all these plans for us. So she would constantly talk about the future. We're going to do this in this time. We're going to do this in the spring. And like in the back of my mind, I just knew that I was like, yeah, okay. Like I'm agreeing with it, knowing I'm about to quit. And so I just had to muster up the courage one day and tell her like, I need to go back to my staff full time. Although it was very scary because that was providing me over a thousand dollars of guaranteed income that I didn't know how I was going to make up. I knew that I needed the energy and the time and I knew I could do it. I knew that I could, if I put all of my energy into what I was doing, that money would come. Although it was still so scary and I went back and forth multiple times. Do I just suck it up? Do I get up earlier and work on my business? Just trying to come up with all these reasons because I was like, I have, now I have rent. I've been adding bills and I need this guaranteed income. But you know what? I took a chance. I had a lot of faith in myself and I just said, nope, I can do it. I can do it. So I quit and I stopped there the beginning of December. I did have some sales in October and November. What what really shifted for me was when I really caught the vision of Arbonne. I really did it the Arbonne way. I just went in and I said, fine, I will give in to your system that you've had for 40 years that has proven to work. And I will work this system that so many people seem to have already figured out. And that's what I did. In December, now that I had more of the time, I promoted to the first promotion. I even qualified for the next promotion all in December. I got multiple personal training clients. I had some online clients going, but that felt so good. I took a chance on myself. I said, you know what? This is scary. It's unknown. It's not guaranteed that I will have anything. I'm giving up this money, guaranteed income to do this, but you know what? I'm taking a chance. It all worked out. And so when I started just doing it the Arbonne way, it all started to fall into place. This is also where life started really, really catching up to 
to me. I've already talked about how I moved to Florida, really, really dark days, dark weeks and months. Tyler and I quickly got into a relationship and that was so much fun. And I don't want to call it a distraction, but in a way it was a distraction from what I really needed to work on. Then moving to Colorado and then us still being together. And then we ended up moving in together because it was either, hey, if we're not going to move in together, then he was going to go back to Florida. And I was like, but I, we both wanted to give it a shot. And we weren't going to get separate places here, you know, doubling all the bills. We just decided to move in together. And it was going really well for a couple months. But what happened was all that trauma that I went through started to catch up to me in December. I would say late November, early December. I started to recognize like, wow, I've never been alone. I've never sat with myself and dealt with anything on my own. I've always been in a relationship. I've always had a roommate. I've always been distracted. I've always been here, there, everywhere. And what started to happen was all these feelings of like, Kayla, you need to deal with this. And I really started to become not right in my head and not feel like I have the energy. And I felt like I was bringing a lot of pain and suffering into a relationship that that wasn't his fault. And I think just life catching up when we didn't have the fun summer in Colorado planned and we didn't have the trips and we weren't going on the trips and he had to get a job and I had a job and I'm figuring myself out still. It just all came crashing down on me and I just felt this push, this push, this push. Like, Kayla, you need to be alone. You got rid of the school that wasn't aligning for you. You need to not get rid of this person, but I just was feeling like I was suffocating because I just really wanted to be alone in my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions and just be like, okay, I need to completely heal from all of this trauma so I can operate way better than I have been. I, I just started to feel so depleted of everything. So I just felt like the universe was just like, Kayla, you need to be alone. It was really scary once again, because I went from you guys six months ago, I didn't even have rent or car payment. Now I have a brand new car payment, car insurance. Now I have half of a rent and half of bills, but now the universe is telling me to be alone and be responsible for all these bills by myself, which just 10 X the amount of bills that I had six months ago. Like universe, what are you doing to me? Are you sure I can handle this? And lo and behold, in December, I did super well with Arman. I got a really big upfront payment from a client for multiple months that would cover all my bills. I took that as proof because honestly, I presented this lady with the proposal because I knew she had the money. I knew she could pay. And I said, you can either pay for one month, kind of semi-dedicate, or you could really show your dedication to yourself and pay for three months upfront. And she did. She paid for three months upfront. It was enough to cover my bills. And going into that, I said, okay, if she does this, if she commits to this large payment, I know that I can break it off with Tyler, although hard and I don't want to, but that is just the feeling that I could not shake. I had to sit him down a week before Christmas. We actually had a flight and a trip booked back to Florida the week of Christmas. And he was supposed to get his car while he was there. He still hadn't had his car here for four or five months in Colorado. We were sharing my car. And so the plan was to fly out to Florida, spend a week there, and then drive his car back. But every single minute, it was like, Kayla, you cannot let him drive his car here. You cannot let him drive his car here. You need to be alone. That's just literally what I kept hearing. And so I had to sit him down and make the really hard decision and have that hard conversation. And because it really was out of left field, honestly, we were doing fine for so many months. But like I said, I just felt like I needed to have my time alone. I had not been by myself since my divorce. When I got a divorce in Oklahoma City and I lived by myself for that six months before I moved to California, 
California, that is the last time that I had been alone, you guys. That is not a lot of time. That's like really the only time in my adult life I've lived by myself for six months. And going through everything I've gone through, I just needed to heal. And I knew I needed to do it alone. And I knew I didn't have energy to put into a relationship. And he didn't deserve that. So I had to break up with him. And it was very difficult. We had a very painful conversations that whole week. Very emotional. My sister actually ended up coming into town that same week. She already had it booked. So it was kind of awkward. It was good. It was good for me that she was there and it was hard. He left very hurt, very sad. He was like, where is this coming from? Like, wait, how long have you, have you felt like this? And I was like, I honestly couldn't even give him a reason. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I know this is what I need to be doing. I paid all my January bills and I was so proud of myself. I know that might sound very silly to some of you guys, but just less than a year ago, six, seven months ago, I could never have done that. I didn't have enough money to do that, to pay full rent, to pay all my utilities, to pay my car payment, to pay my phone bill, to have gas, to have car insurance, food on the table. I did that by myself. That is what the universe was trying to tell me. Kayla, you can survive by yourself. You can be independent on your own. You can be confident. You can do this. You don't need anyone's help. So then I paid all my January bills, but then I was very fearful. <laughs> like, okay, I paid all my January bills, but how am I going to pay February bills? And that's just where my mind goes. Sometimes it definitely goes and fears the future so bad because I was like, well, this lady just paid for three months. So she's not even going to pay me again. And how am I going to do this? And a lot of worries and fears crept in for the first couple of weeks. I can't even explain the amount of doubt, worry, fear that came over me. I was, you know, still had a little bit of money coming in and, you know, I was paying for what I needed, food, gas, all things. But on a Wednesday, the middle of January, I had a complete breakdown all day long. I'm telling you, my mind was attacking me, full on attacking me. It was just saying every negative thing about me you could possibly think of. You're not going to make it. You're a failure. You'll never amount to anything. So many things. I called my grandma just bawling my eyes out and I said, I don't want to live like this. Why am I in this position? Like, Why can I not just get ahead ever? Why am I not successful? Why am I in this position? Why do I have these fears, these doubts, these words? And I'm telling you guys, like that was one of the worst days I've had in a very, very long time. I mean, I could not stop my negative thoughts. And I know we have complete control over our thoughts and beliefs and feelings, but for whatever reason, no matter what I was doing, they would not stop. I was meditating. I was journaling. I was writing. I was reading. I was doing everything I could think of. And talking to my grandma really helped, but it was still, oh, that was just a bad day. Two universe things happened that day, <laughs> I will say. Mackenzie, who, you know, my Arbonne girl, my friend, she's the best. She's just the best, best, best person. Had no idea what was going on. I'm not, I'm still not very good about being completely open and transparent with stuff like that. And then I think I did end up telling her like, I just had a really bad day yesterday. But anyway, like that same day I was having that breakdown. She had no idea, but she sent me a podcast episode and I don't even think she's ever sent me a podcast episode ever. And she just happened to that day. Oh, guess what it was about? It was about mindset. Your mindset comes before the title is what it was about. And in this case, it was about network marketing, but it really can relate to anything. Your mindset has to be strong enough. You have to work on your mindset first in order to up-level and raise other things and you know be a match for things that you want. And so I listened to that episode and I was like, holy crap, this is exactly what I'm going through. I don't have a good mindset. I have a negative mindset. I have a lack mentality. I have scarcity. I have so many limiting beliefs and blocks around money. So many blocks 
box around money. My entire childhood, my entire adult life has never been good with money. My parents did not teach us about money. My parents did not educate us on money. I have a lot of limiting beliefs from my mom about money. Let me tell you and explain what I saw her do. My mom just never thought that she was deserving of things, of nice things, of big things, of a big life. She always shrunk herself down and stayed small. She would always shop sale items. If it wasn't on sale, she didn't buy it. So I saw that growing up. If anyone ever got her a gift, the first thing out of her mouth was would be like, how much was this? Like, you didn't really spend that much, did you? Like, she would see the tag. She'd be like, was this on sale? You know, it was just constant lack mentality with my mom. She didn't want to buy nice things for herself. If my dad bought her a brand new car, she was embarrassed. She didn't want to like even drive it. I don't know, just so many things. And I'm just now, I'm just now figuring this out about that. I didn't even realize this until this past December or January that I have these limiting beliefs in this programming around money that I have to stay small, that I don't deserve anything, that you're not supposed to stand out. You need to be humble. You're not supposed to want very much out of life. You're just supposed to get by. And that was what I learned all throughout my childhood. And then coming from the situation with the huge financial strain and struggle with my ex and growing the business and being in constant lack, constantly broke, my beliefs around money were just non-existent pretty much. The fact like I always... In the back of my mind, I know that I'm like, I want a big life, but my belief in my deservingness was not matching up with that at all. I was dog paddling all the time. I'm putting things out there, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I have to sell myself. And so I'd be like, okay, I'm going to put this out there and this many people are going to buy it. I'm going to make this much money. And I would never hit my goals ever. I would never hit my goals because my belief in my deservingness were not aligned. My mindset was not aligned for what I thought I could get. I'm going to tell you guys, December and January, that's all I have been working on. Oh, let me tell you my other universe thing. So one universe thing was Mackenzie sending me the podcast. And then I had ordered a book a couple days prior. It's called Rich as Fuck by Amanda Francis. I had the book at my house on that Wednesday. I was having a breakdown and I saw it over there and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start that tomorrow. Like I have no energy to read. I started that book the next day. My life has not been the same since. I have not had a breakdown. That book has taught me so much about your energy around money, about what can money can do for you, about how money supports you, about how money loves you. And it wants you to have it. And I have never thought of money the way that she describes it. And it has literally changed my life. Again, like I said, I was very fearful in January about how I was going to pay the bills. I made more money in January than I did in December. I paid all my bills yet again. I had overflow and yeah, it felt so good. So literally all I've been doing is not so focused on the actions that I need to take to dog paddle my way to make a couple grand, but like, what do I want? How much money do I want to make? I don't need to worry about the how. I need to take daily aligned action. I can't sit on my ass and expect it to come, but I no longer need to worry about the how. And I was so focused on the how all of my life, all this time. I'm like, how, 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 how's it going to happen? How worst case scenario, you know, constantly worst case scenario. That's where my mind likes to go. I now have multiple sticky notes all over the place in my bathroom, in my room. I have a whole vision goal list written out. I didn't make a vision board. I'm more so about lists. So, you know, I have a list of going on. I am putting myself in the mindset 
mindset of what I want. I want to be a wealthy woman. What does a wealthy woman feel like? How does she go about her day? What does she buy? Like, how is her, you know, how is her day? So my mentality between that podcast episode and that book have completely changed since that Wednesday. I was having a breakdown in the middle of January. So to get you caught up on my life, that is where I'm at. I feel like I've unblocked a lot of limiting beliefs. I've really expanded myself. I've really grown my emotional intelligence. But when it came to money, that was still a big block that I had. So money has just always been an issue for me. Always, always been an issue. In the past, I've been able to have money and get by, pay bills, and you know maybe go on some trips, shop a little bit. But that's not what I deserve. I deserve a big life. I deserve to have so much money. <laughs> like Not to say I want money because of material things, but because I just know that when you have a lot of money, that means you are helping as many people as possible. So it's February 3rd today. The last three weeks have been life-changing for me. You know, it's still hard. I still have to work on it every single minute of the day. I barely do anything outside of work. And when I'm not working, I'm reading, I'm journaling, I'm listening to podcasts over and over and over again. I'm saying affirmations to myself in the mirror over and over and over again. I still have some times when the negativity and the negative thoughts come through, but I have so many notes around my house that are like, nope, that is a lie. Anything that does not feel good is a lie. It is a lie. That is not a true thought. Thank you, brain, for trying to protect me because that's what your brain is trying to do is protect you, but I do not accept that thought. I have a huge saying on uh, my fridge. It says, your life is a physical manifestation of the conversations going on in your head. So that is literally what I have been trying to do for about a month is just work on the conversation going on in my head. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.